Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome to another episode of the Peak and Flow podcast. Today I would like to talk to the idea of your leverage of growth. So if we were to look at what is the biggest lever that gives you the most growth in whichever area of your life you're looking at, what could that be? And how do we actually sort of map that out to see what that is in the first place? One of the key things that we lean on with peak and flow as a, an approach is that your potential doesn't lie in your strengths your potential lies in your blind spots and so given that it means that our leverage for growth is most likely in our blind spots not in our strengths which is interesting so strengths can be you know understood as skills um, things we're really good at really our drivers or our biases but really identifying what are our strengths in the workplace, in relationships, in in the sport we play, whatever the case might be, what are our strengths and identifying that is beneficial. The difficulty though is that when we're either wanting to grow or when we're dealing with a problem or we're wanting to get ahead, what we commonly do is we lean on our strengths. We double down on our strengths. However, the strength is usually the bottleneck, Right? It's like we can't actually really get much more out of the capacity that we're doing without going, hang on a sec, what am I potentially missing here? And when we can do that and have frameworks that allow us to map out, well, what are we seeing? What are we not seeing? What are we valuing? What are we not valuing? Because they're just as important as each other. It means that we have the capacity to then go, okay, so if I'm valuing this, if this is a strength of mine, but I've doubled down on it and I've gone as far as I can and I'm kind of getting frustrated because I can't get any further, what am I missing that could give me the leverage to really progress in my career, to really progress in my sport, to really progress in my mental health? What's that leverage? And, And chances are it's going to be where you're not looking. And where we're not looking is because it's not part of our valued worldview. So, the areas that we can talk to are basically one of four areas. And you can map it down to uh, two main components, subjective, objective, or um, you can think mental, right, and physical, or psychology and physiology, and individual and collective. They're the four areas, individual, mental, collective, mental, individual, physical, collective, physical. And that's really pointing to, you know, mindsets, it's really pointing to culture and relationships it's really pointing to physical body and behavior and it's really pointing to environment and systems now chances are you've got a strength in one of those maybe maybe two but chances are you've got a strength in one of those the real question is what are the quadrants what areas are you struggling with or just flat out failing to value because it doesn't mean that they don't exist. All four of those areas exist. If you value mindset, but you do not value and fail to recognize the environment and systems, then you're going to be limited in your progression. If you are fundamentally valuing systems and the environment and then lacking the the value behind the doing, the physical behaviors, right, the executing, then you might plan all these systems, but never really follow through with them. So, It's not our strengths that are holding us back. It's our blind spots. Here's an example. So I'll give you my example for me. Something that I've really learned in the last couple of years is just how much 
you know, I've had a business for a long time, whatever long is, but 12 and a half years now, but I was not, I was a business owner, not a business person. They're different things. I was a business owner and that allowed me to be a technician. And what that means is that I was really good at delivering this. I could, I was a technician. I was on the floor. I was delivering what I could deliver. I could communicate well. Culture was really communicate, really important to me. The ability to be able to, to pace and lead people to be able to have a shared language, shared meaning to be able to facilitate a space that allowed people to come here, feel comfortable of their own right and progress and learn and, and educate themselves based on what we we're offering them to opt in for, for their education from a physical and mental standpoint. Now that's great. What I was really lacking though, even though I was high value in, in mental or mindset or communication or self-awareness and high value in culture, in community, in support, in collaboration, in in calibrating. All of that is subjective. All of that is mental. None of it's objective. It's all psychological, not physiological. And so I actually really struggled with, well, struggled with doing, with executing sometimes, for sure. And that, that's, that was reflected back to me in many different ways once I caught this and looked back in my career. What I struggled with most, though, was systems, procedures, and policies, the environment, not the culture. Culture and environment are different. Culture is is the collective subjective. Environment is the physical things in a space, right? So the, whereas culture is um, the shared meaning, shared values, and and what it means to be a part of something, as opposed to the actual environmental space. So given that, what that actually meant for me is that I, I didn't just struggle, I struggled with doing, but I failed at marketing and advertising. I really failed at that. I failed so much that I, and the ultimate fail, I never really did it because so much of my business in the early days was actually built off, guess what? Relationships, referrals, word of mouth, which is relationships, which is all that sort of collective subjective. And so because that was like how I got it off the ground, I didn't have the money to do the advertising. I got off the ground through relationships. That got me to a point, but for me to progress further in my career, I actually needed to go, hang on a sec, what am I missing here? What am I really struggling with? And what am I completely just not flat out doing? And that was fundamentally going out to the marketplace. This is what's known as a fourth quadrant component. This is the collective the collective physical components to it. How am I actually writing to an audience that doesn't need, doesn't even know I exist? That type of advertising. Now, what's really interesting with this as this revelation came on was it wasn't just this undervaluing of advertising um, systems, procedures, and so forth. It wasn't just that. What it really was, was an overvaluing of relationships. So even when I thought about doing advertising and things like that, what was the thing that came up for me first was what would people think, relationships, what would they think of me in communicating this way to people that don't know me and so forth? And so it was actually this overvaluing of the other areas of my strengths that stopped me from really developing in these other areas. And so your potential doesn't lie in your strengths. Your potential lies in developing your blind spots, bringing them online into your awareness and then figuring out how do I build skill sets in these areas? So... The way that the best way to go about this is going, what's my strength? And if it's hard to really build that out and identify that, ask the people around you, what do you think my strength is? Another way you can think of this is when X occurs, what's the initial response for me? Do I go inwards? Do I go outwards? 
So do I think internal? Do I think external? What are other people going to think of me? What do I think of me? What do I have to do? What procedures I need to put into place? That's individual. That's collective, right? So if I, if I think, what am I have to do? That's individual. If I think, what do other people have to do? That's collective. So that's an easy way for me to start going, is this individual? Is it collective? Is it mental? Is it physical? And as soon as I can map that out, that allows me to go, okay, where's my strength? What am I really good at? What am I valuing? And potentially, more than anything, if it's, if it's a strength, you may be overvaluing that, which is really a really important point, really important point. So in that case, what do I not value? What am I struggling with, which is different to what am I failing to see? What am I failing to execute on? What am I failing to consider? Because struggling is usually a longing, right? I'm trying to do this. I've done it a couple of times. It hasn't really worked, right? It's the st- struggle is very different, but it's just as important. What am I struggling with and what have I failed to see completely? And when I can map that out and see that, then going, okay, who is good at that? Who is good at the the individual mindset stuff? Who is good at the culture and relationships? Who is good at just getting things done? Who is good at putting the systems and procedures in place? And how can I learn from them? What can I learn? And what can I start to integrate into my daily practices and daily exercises and daily efforts? And what can I delegate? Now, knowing that if I go, what am I bad at? And that I just delegate someone to do that, I'm now codependent upon that person doing it. That's a dangerous place to be. If I'm somewhat independent at that skill set or understanding that skill set, then I can still delegate knowing what that person should be doing and they can take care of it. That's very, very different. So what I'm offering you there is to be very cautious in just going, what am I bad at? Get someone else to do it because you're now codependent. I did that early on in my business and I lost money. I lost years. Actually, more than anything is what I did. I lost years of my 20s. I went too big. We got two gyms real quick. Right from starting with six clients, going to two gyms within like two and a half years. And the difficulty is we pushed ourselves in industry. We put people in seats that they probably shouldn't have been in. We invested money. But the difficult part of that was that that money came out of like literally working up to that point. And on top of that, signed the wrong lease with the wrong landlords in the wrong area. And it didn't just cost me money because my other gym had to float the other gym. What it did cost me was years because it took four and a half years to get out of that lease. And because of that, I was tied, somewhat tied to the business to be able to make sure that that was actually somewhat staying afloat so I didn't become bankrupt. So the key thing there is what I struggled with was really crossing the T's and dotting the I's, being detailed with the policies, procedures, the the marketing, the business side of things, the finances. I actually palm that off to someone else because I trusted them. Whereas now if I'm allowing someone else to do it, it's because I trust me. It's a big difference. Very big difference. And on that note, team, I'm done. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, it means the world to me. If you would share it with someone else that you think would also enjoy it, you can find out more about our retreats or my book all in the show notes. Uh, we've got more events coming up this this year and, and beyond, obviously, that I'm really looking forward to facilitating, my team facilitating. Uh, but that's me done. I'm out. Until next time, peace and pizza. I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.